Hi there, and welcome to another episode of Be a Global Citizen. My name is Scott. For today's episode, we're going to talk about another dialogue by Ikeda. He created this dialogue with two members of the Thoreau Society, and their names are Ronald Bosco and Joel Meyerson. The title of their dialogue is Creating Walden's an east-west conversation of the american renaissance and i felt that this dialogue was very insightful and it spoke to so many important themes themes about nature and the environment themes about um you know equality about democracy and i felt that the insights between these really incredible thinkers and um you know the the backdrop of the american renaissance when thoreau was um you know writing his famous works like walden um it just really i think is a timely moment for us in this pandemic and so we're going to look into that so I, i hope to share some observations some reflections with you all and i also wanted to just thank you as the listener for tuning in. I really appreciate you taking the time. I hope you find value from these um, these kind of uh, you know insights uh, and these episodes and the conversations that I have. So thank you and please enjoy. With the pandemic still ongoing, um, it's been a struggle, especially given the fact that, um, you know, spending so much time indoors has really created this sense of isolation, social isolation with other people, but also isolation with, with nature. And, and it's really gotten me questioning my, my relationship uh, with nature. And um, just this earlier this year, actually, I went on a trip to the forest with my girlfriend and uh, I carried a copy of Walden by um, Henry David Thoreau. And I felt that this was a really incredible trip for me because in part, I was able to satisfy my desire to be in nature. But then also I was thinking um, together with Thoreau and his words really, really moved me I mean, um, it it had taken me a while to really get through the whole book. Um, I had always felt it was a little bit slow, and he seemed to kind of ramble on about tiny, seemingly uninteresting details about what was happening around him. And in the kind of high-tech world that we live in, with instant gratification all around, um, I never quite, you know, brought myself to finish the whole book until this trip. And um, and I felt very different after finishing it. And again, this sudden yearning for more connection with nature, I think, was only amplified by my reading of Thoreau. And that you know there was something horribly wrong with my lifestyle in in the city. Um, and I felt you know there was this neglect, I guess you can say, of my own internal workings and the kind of um, connection that we, we have with the space around us and with the, 
the organisms around us. And, um, and so, you know, fast forward a couple months, now I've just recently finished reading this dialogue between Ikeda and two Thoreau scholars, and it has reignited my interest in the writings of uh, this great American thinker. Um, and also, I feel like my desire um, has grown to better situate just what was going on uh, when when Thoreau wrote that that work of of literature, um, and and you know it, it was in a moment uh, that was very important for the you know United States. They call this period of the '40s and '50s the American Renaissance, and this kind of you know I, I feel like now what we see going on in the United States at least is a similar dramatic and, and very urgent time um, with the pandemic happening, with climate change going on, inequality soaring to new heights. Um, in, in a sense, I felt, you know, there was so much to take away from um, this dialogue because of, you know, the, the previous reading that I had done but then I think the timing of it as well, bringing it all together. So I wanted to share some reflections I had from reading this book. And of course, there are many connections with global citizenship that I will be more than happy to point out. But um, let's first get into a little bit of the background and who these interlocutors are. I don't think I have to do much of an introduction for Daisaku Ikeda, but for the other two, scholars in this dialogue, Ronald A. Bosco and Joel Meyerson. Uh, I'd like to share just a brief bio on each of them. So uh, Ronald Bosco is a professor of English and American literature at the University at Albany, State University of New York. Joel Meyerson is a professor of American literature at the University of South Carolina, and both have served as past presidents of the Thoreau Society and the Ralph Waldo Emerson Society. And in, uh, you know, in, in the spirit of dialogue that Ikeda brings uh, always for his inter interlocutors, there's always this, this uh, curiosity of the kind of personal background of the, the interlocutors. And so I felt like this this dynamic was very much present and uh, it allowed for them to really um, share just kind of, you know, their, their own humble backgrounds and kind of what underpins their, their interest in these particular uh, American figures. And I felt that, um, you know, the, this dialogue, you know, it has been many years in, in the making and it, it shows that there's this friendship, really. Um, it's not like this conversation happened out of the blue, but since 2001, they've been engaged in, in dialogue. Um, and not just, you know, in speaking, but also in participating in important events um, within the spheres of, of both, you know, the work of the, these two thorough scholars, but also for Ikeda, and so, um, you know, Professor Bosco and Professor Meyerson participated in the opening ceremony 
in 2001 of Soka University of America, which very much was, uh, you know, a sign of uh, goodwill and hope, I think, for, for uh, you know, the, the values that Ikeda believes in. Um, in addition to the center or the Ikeda Center for Peace, Learning and Dialogue, again, institutions that are um, that were founded by Ikeda and that are all bound by his 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 worldview, his his own um, kind of uh, philosophy on uh, world peace. And so, um, you know, the these these two scholars, right? Um, I mentioned how they were past presidents of both the Thoreau and the uh, Emerson Society, but they also um, speak to uh, Walt Whitman, and and in a sense, they represent the transcendental movement in the United States. And so um, I think, you know, from their, their own backgrounds growing up um, near Walden, um, but I think also just continuously studying and, and really trying to understand that spirit. Um, I think there's there's many lessons that are are that can be taken, and Ikeda really does uh, a great job to kind of um, seek from these two scholars and really trying to show how their work um, can be seen in new light, and kind of re-energize, like you know, injecting with new energy. Um, for our current times, for the current struggles that we face. Right off the bat, uh, the title of this book, or this dialogue, is very significant. And it really, I think, um, awakens one's imagination. The title being Creating Waldens. Right? So Walden, for those of you who don't know... Um, it's it's an actual place. It's uh, a pond in Concord, Massachusetts, where uh, for two years, a little over two years, um, Thoreau basically isolated himself. Um, he set up a cabin and wrote observations and uh, just lived in nature and and it created this new significance for him, this this deep sense of appreciation for the bonds that he shared with nature. And so that, that whole process that happened over the span of two years, that's, in a sense, what the title speaks of, right? This creating of, of a Walden-esque place. And, uh, and there's something there that I think is really, really beautiful, um, Ikeda writes in part of the dialogue, quote, Studying the place where we live reveals its ties to the world and enables us to see the globe, global embodied in the local. We learn that everything we eat and wear is bestowed by the world. This is how to create a field of learning that connects the local and the universal. And, end quote. So that is just, you know, a really wonderful way to show, like, the, the local versus global or local slash global dynamic that um, that sometimes is, is really hard to to believe when we live our days, you know, day in, day out. And um, for Thoreau, he really saw the world and in a sense, the whole universe 
in Walden Woods. Um, and so for us to deeply have that connection um, requires a lot of effort. It requires a lot of space and wisdom and patience, right? And and then the question becomes, well, where is my Walden, right? Um, I personally have never been to, to Walden Pond. And so I think the title of this dialogue really invites the the reader to to ask themselves you know like where is where are you situated where is the local um and so for me maybe it could be uh in the city of sao paulo right um it could be in a park that's nearby uh, called um aclimação um it's a it has a nice artificial lake in the middle but there's lots of trees um that's my refuge and so you know for me to to lay claim and to take effort and time to really observe and to be in that space i think that's what the title speaks of and encourages others to do to really create a new walden and to see the whole universe through that local lens and so we'll get more to that local global uh, dynamic a little bit later, but I just wanted to point out that that significance of the title and for you as the, the listener to really think about that and consider um, the Walden in your life. One theme that is, that is spoken about in this dialogue is the relationship of mentor and disciple and this is something that Ikeda really takes to heart I think he he has a really unique story with his own relationship to his mentor Jose Toda and the mentor of his mentor Sunasaburo Makaguchi but it's it's incredible how he really looks for inspiration in other figures, world figures, where they can directly point to another person who had helped them, helped guide them, instruct them, and and you know exemplified this this bond that really um, you know set the world in a, in a new path. Really, you know, the power of that relationship was enough to to write history, and so in this way. The dialogue was very much interested in how Thoreau um, really developed a mentor-disciple relationship with uh, with Emerson, and so um, at the time that Thoreau first met Emerson, he was um, still very young, just started college, and Emerson at this point had already um, accrued a certain prestigious level of uh, recognition in academia was known for his ideas his his lectures and speeches and was uh, was a professor so um, you know the at first this this connection between the two was very much felt and there was so much that um, really inspired Thoreau but especially Emerson's essays one of them in particular being nature, that Thoreau really, um, really admired and really learned from. But what's interesting 
is that as the years passed and their their relationship deepened, um, em- Emerson observed how Thoreau was soon outgrowing a lot of you know the the books that he was reading and and had his own you know keen attention on not just the theory and you know the nature just kind of existing in the mind but really wanting to be there in nature to really have that experience and to 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 have that ability to touch and and commune with nature and so he was already diverging in many ways and would later um you know produce his his classic work walden and i think what was clear from this dialogue was how emerson really admired and you know started to to learn a lot a lot from thoreau and so we see this interesting kind of reversal of the mentor disciple relationship or maybe not it's maybe not a reversal but maybe an evolution where we see the disciple really um surpassing the the mentor and showing this um you know this openness to to shared inquiry and to, to growing together and and i think um you know there's there's so much respect that is created through that kind of a dynamic um and you know even emerson's final words about thoreau really ring true because you know at the time thoreau's writings uh, were not well they were not known um it was not something that um people had readily accepted and you know thoreau he he died quite young in his 40s and emerson who is older but still alive commented how um you know it was such a loss for american society that thoreau had been such a tremendous thinker that um you know that people will will you know they 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 won't realize how they've lost such a precious gem in society and i think that really speaks to his um affection for um thoreau and um and also the mentor disciple relationship it's interesting to to see how this discussion about emerson and thoreau um is happening now for me um that i've only recently started to to read their works and to take more interest in their contributions to so many different areas uh you know in the environmental sense uh conservation um within the humanities and philosophy and and to think that these are great american thinkers that i had only heard mentioned you know in school uh maybe a couple times that they were important figures yes but but that we that i never actually read anything by them um i, I don't i i believe it wasn't until college that i i first really heard about them and then even later after graduating that i had first started to read some of thoreau's walden um and it it is it's a bit of a shame i would say maybe not a bit a big shame because their ideas were so influential for like i mentioned before the american renaissance 
or the transcendentalist movement, but but also for for many world leaders um, that we'll we'll talk about later. You know, one thing that's particularly um, important is um, how the writings of um, Thoreau, for example, not only influenced areas within environmentalism, but but also across other social sectors, um, in particular um, within the great activist movements, um, we see that uh, not only uh, the, the, the ideas of Thoreau on his, his essay, Civil Dis- Disobedience, were tremendously influential to people like Gandhi, but also later to Martin Luther King Jr., and it was this idea, this this the the ideas from this paper on civil disobedience, that really um, reflect this idea of the thought criminal, right? That Thoreau's concept of passive resistance or civil disobedience was really that war can be stopped by peaceful dissent and not by violence. And these ideas by Thoreau were so radical, and it actually landed him in jail. Um, And specifically, those experiences that he had in jail, where he downright refused to acknowledge the the state because he he did not believe in the values of the state, um, really led to his um, ideas coalescing in this this document that would then later be picked up by a really... um, incredible human beings and change makers like i said gandhi and dr king and a a brief summary of this essay on civil disobedience can be really summed up in three points that are are mentioned in the dialogue Um, the first point being no government has the right to threaten human dignity number two we must resolutely struggle against oppressive authority of all kinds and number three the power of an individual can change the world. We can see that these powerful points from civil disobedience, even the name itself has been used and has had great effect on later generations. And there's um, this amazing quote by Meyerson, Dr. Meyerson, where he says, quote, the still small voice he, or in this case Thoreau, raised in Concord, swelled into a global course of civic movements, including Gandhi's nonviolent struggle, the anti-Nazi resistance in Europe, Martin Luther King Jr.'s fight for civil rights, Rachel Carson's environmental conservation movement, and the democratization of Eastern Europe, end quote. And so, you know, again, it's it's incredible right, the breadth of thought in Thoreau that not only was his interests on nature itself, the nature that he saw around him, but then also you know the freedom that is felt in nature and going back to that and re- reintroducing to humans, human society really, um, how to to bring out that sense of harmony amongst ourselves, and then also amongst our environment. 
how can we situate global citizenship in this dialogue? Well, I've mentioned before this illusion of finding your own Walden. It's, uh, th there's a part in the dialogue where Ikeda says, quote, uh, the pure Walden water is mingled with the sacred water of the Ganges. Um, and I think this actually comes from um, a passage where Thoreau is talking about, um, you know, just Walden and its purity, and also how it's not just the local water, right? The water came from some place. Uh, and in this case, he makes an allusion to the Ganges, the river in Egypt. But, you know, I think it's it's very telling of how Thoreau was able to capture the global through his local experiences. The reality being that Thoreau had lived most of his life in Concord. And so he was aware uh, and believed in the idea that God, in this, this universal sense, is present in all things. And Ikeda really pushed on this idea of the interconnectedness of life and really looking at the local as the world in miniature, right? The, the dynamics of the micro and the macro. And that by taking action based on one's own experiences, lived experiences, um, that this is really what it means to put global citizenship in action, having deep roots in the local with this kind of almost childlike wonder of how the ripple effects would be felt beyond one's uh, own vision. And that this would really set the next generation of thinkers. Um, like when, when we speak about Thoreau's contributions, they positively influenced future thinkers from the 20th century on to today, the 21st century. But he shared how, um, in, in the case of John Dewey, um, being, you know, his contributions being made in the 20th century in pragmatism, but how, um, you know, Thoreau was able to really influence um, educators like John Dewey, who was also a contemporary of Makaguchi living in Japan at the time. And so, again, this ripple effect and this uh, ability to really, um, you know, have this commune with nature and, you know, what really is life all about. And to have, um, you know, generations afterwards following in, in the footsteps of, of Thoreau, we see how um, Ikeda and his interlocutors are deeply appreciative of just, you know, how precious a gift that is. And to share it in the best way possible with new and younger generations. In wrapping up, I wanted to just share a really incredible passage from Thoreau's journal. It's dated March uh, 1853, and it reads like this, quote, The future is worth expecting. Encouraged, I set out once more to climb the mountain of the earth, for my steps are symbolical steps. 
and in all my walking, I have not reached the top of the earth yet." End quote. And this really speaks to the kind of man, the kind of human being Thoreau was, and that he constantly sought out the next mountain. And each step that was taken was, it was as if it was taken on behalf of all the human beings in the world, right? And that it, it, it represented this um, joint struggle and this shared sense of joy of what it meant to be living and that you know with each step it also expressed a sense of hope really you know that um these new challenges reveal new experiences new insights uh to, to really unlock these mysteries of life right and and by doing that, right, it's it's so much a product of uh, his own the the way he lived his life. Um, he also has another pa- passage that's very short, where he says, uh, Thoreau says, quote, "How vain it is to sit down to write when you have not stood up to live." End quote. And so again, this there's this this sense of taking action. Right? To not just theorize, but to really live what it is that you, you believe, um, whether that be in, in nature or in democracy, in freedom. Right? These are things that for the trans- transcendentalists of the time, like Emerson, Thoreau, and Whitman, um, they really um, created original work, you know, original ideas they inspired this thriving of humanity and in a real sense like the american uh renaissance of that time uh, i think now more than ever we need new pioneers um, we need to seek new horizons and in that sense this dialogue creating waldens is very apt for the times that we live in right now uh, and i think as a global citizen, we should really look to these new horizons and recognize where our feet are planted now by really deepening our roots with the local, those around us. I think we will be that much more firm in each step that we take towards global impacts, towards long-term sustainability and equality amongst us. And I think that's something that both uh, Ikeda and his interlocutors from the Thoreau Society would be very, um, they'd be very encouraged by that for more youth to really, um, you know, stand on those front lines. And I encourage you to do that as well. So um, thank you so much. That was our episode for today. And we'll have another interview with one of my graduate friends in the next episode. So look forward to that. Take care. See you on the next episode.